0: Bibles, go ahead and turn to James chapter 5, James chapter 5. Lord, as we open up the scriptures today, I pray that you would speak to us and that you would use me in my weakness and frailty and bring your word. May I handle your word well to encourage and strengthen the faith of your people, to feed your people, and I pray that our confidence in your power and your willingness to move and work on our behalf. I pray that that would increase as a result of looking at the scripture today. pray that faith would arise in us and that we would be a people of prayer and that we would see you move mountains through prayer in Jesus' name. The Bible emphasizes prayer so much. All throughout scripture, we see people talking with God like he's really there. And then God like talks back to them. God or oftentimes God initiates the conversation and and God is talking and engaged and active and he is alive and he's real. He's the living God. And the Bible has much to say about prayer. People who have talked with God stories about that and God responding and answering prayers, the cries of his people. And then the Bible exhorts us over and over, as we're going to look at today in this text, to, to pray, to be people of prayer. Because he does God does powerful things through prayer. Could it be that some of the greatest hopes and dreams and needs that we have in our life, could it be that God has chosen to meet those needs and fulfill those dreams and desires through the means of prayer? I mean, just think about for a moment the things that you're longing for most in your life, in your family, in the world around you. God has set the world up in such a way that those things, namely his will, his good will an acceptable and perfect will, be accomplished through the means of prayer. He brings about his will on earth through prayer. Amen. Uh James has ought to say about prayer in his short epistle of five chapters. Uh in chapter one he, he mentions asking God for wisdom and faith. And in chapter five he explicitly has a an exhortation towards prayer. Uh, James five thirteen says, is, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and earth bore its fruit. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. In this text, in, in James 5, Verse 13, uh, James says, is there anyone among you suffering? Is there anyone who's afflicted? Is there anybody going through a hard time in life? Do we have anybody like that here today? Mm -hmm. Uh, This was the case with this church. There were trials and struggles and temptations. The early church had all kinds of terrible things that they went through and walked through by the grace of God and, and with the strength of God. But he says, is there anyone suffering? Let them pray. What is your default when you're in affliction, when the heat of trial is turned up in your life and things are really tough? Whether it's uh, relational tension, whether it's financial pressures, whether it's physical sickness that you're struggling with, whether it's uh, persecution because you're living a godly life, uh, whatever the pressures are, the suffering is that you're going through. In life, what's your tendency when the suffering and the heat of trial gets turned up in your life? Is it to complain? Is it to uh, cuss, to use profanity? Is it to, to just vent your anger and your frustration? Oh, this stinks! Is that not our default? To complain, to murmur, to say things we know we shouldn't say? and in, in ways that we shouldn't say them. And James says, don't do that. He says, instead, pray. Let this, what comes out of here, be directed towards God in prayer. Not cursing, not profanity, not murmuring, not complaining, not swearing, but prayer, pray. If you're suffering, if you're going through difficult times, be a person of prayer. The big idea here this morning that we're that we're talking about is that that there is power to change things through prayer that is offered up in faith by the righteous. And so James starts off: if you're suffering, pray. Just bring it to God in prayer. It's very simple. This this is a simple, uh, practical message, and this is core to Christianity. Prayer is so core and so basic to Christianity. Uh, you know, we can just continue to do a long series on this until we get it, because most Christians that I talk to and, and, and know probably struggle in this area of, of prayer. We all know that we should pray, but we, we by default, we go to every other thing rather than to God when the heat of, of trial and struggle gets turned up in our lives. And so we know we ought to do this. We need help to do this. We need to be reminded we can do this. We have an outlet. We have access to the throne of grace. Imagine if you had access to the the most powerful person in the world, the wisest, the most loving, the kindest, the most gracious, the the greatest person in the world, and you could go to them anytime with any need, any request, and you could bring it before them you would utilize that access, especially if you had a need, especially if things were hard and difficult. And saints, we have this with God. We have this access to talk with the creator of the universe, the one who rules and reigns over everything. And when we talk to him, things change. God changes things and he changes us. You see, oftentimes when we When we pray, uh, we may not get an immediate answer for a removal of the trying circumstances that we're going through. This was the case with the Apostle Paul, and I think he was a righteous, godly man, and he knew how to bring uh, his petitions to God in prayer. And he said in 2 Corinthians that he pleaded with God three times for this thorn in his flesh to be removed. And you know what? Jesus answered him. And it wasn't by removing the thorn in his flesh. You know how Jesus answered him in 2 Corinthians 12? He said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. You see, sometimes, and this isn't always the answer that we want to get, but sometimes in our suffering and in our trial, the answer to our prayers isn't from God to remove us from the trial or change the circumstances, but really change how we perceive the trial and give us strength to endure it well. We all want the the suffering and the pain to go away. And praise God that one day it will And ultimately, there will be no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness. And we will live in a world of perfect love and justice and freedom. And we won't have the battle and the struggle with sickness and sin and injustice and war and fear and, and all the, the terrible things that we experience in this life, torment. So we can go to God in prayer when we're suffering, in times of suffering. we got great examples uh, throughout Scripture who did this, and God strengthened them. If you're not going through a, a trial right now and you're not struggling with something right now, at some point you will. There, there are various trials. James, in James 1, he says, you know, there's various trials that test our faith. And maybe, maybe you just came out of a trial, like, uh, Brienne, you know, she was in a, in a kind of a trial with a job situation. That was a difficult time. She shared things that she wrote in her journal about just struggling, that heaviness, that discouragement, like, God, where are you? Come through. And God came through. But it took seven months. God answered prayer, but it took it took some time. And you know, I've, I've just pondered this before, and I've thought, God, why don't you just give us the answer right away? Okay, those of you who are parents can think about that. When your kids ask you for something, why don't you just give your kids what they want right away? Well, sometimes the timing's not the best. Sometimes what they're asking for is not the best. And I don't want to spoil my children. I don't want to spoil my children. If, I'm just every, just if, I, if I don't teach them to be patient, to be children who have character and self-control and learn to wait and, 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 and learn to uh, endure through some difficulty, then it may spoil my children. I think God allows trials and suffering and difficult things in our life and doesn't immediately remove it partly because he is working in us. He is shaping us. James 1 says this. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall in the various trials, knowing that what? The testing of your faith produces patience or perseverance, right? And let, let patience, let perseverance have its perfect work in you that you may be mature, complete. Could it be that God wants to use the heat of trials that you're going through or you've gone through or you will go through in your life to help grow you and shape you into a person who looks more like Jesus? And you know what? A part of that shaping that takes place is us praying when the heat of trial gets turned up in our lives. We need to pray about it. We, James says specifically, ask God for wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives it generously. He gives wisdom because that's what we need when we're in the trial, when we're in the suffering. We need God. We need his presence. We need his help. We need his strength. But we need wisdom. We need to see from a bigger perspective beyond ourselves so we don't get so focused on just the immediate. This hurts because we're in the valley. There's a bigger perspective that God wants us to see, and we should ask God for wisdom. So if you're suffering, if you're in affliction, pray. So why does the Bible emphasize prayer so much? One author, Pastor Tim Keller, says that because prayer is about God... The universe and everything is about God and prayer is about us communing with God and bringing our petitions to God and God gets glory through your prayers and my prayers. If you're cheerful, if you're happy, verse 13b, if you're sing praises to God, I think the New King James says, sing psalms, sing hymns, praise God. By the way, praise and singing is a a form of prayer. When we sing these songs that we sing here on Sunday morning in corporate worship, this is an expression of prayer. Many of the, the songs that we sing are petitions, and, and they're directed towards God. We're singing to God, and what prayer is, prayer is communication with God, right? We're communicating to Him. And so the praise, if you're joyful, if you're cheerful, if life is going really good for you, then praise God. If life is going really hard for you right now, then pray. Ask for God's help. But either way, we should be a prayerful people in the good times, in the bad times, in the hard times, in the smooth times. We should be a people who are prayerful. There is a tendency when everything's going good for us to forget God, isn't there not? When you're comfortable, Some of us wouldn't pray very much if we didn't have the suffering and the trials turned up in our lives. Yeah, it is. And so, again, God uses that. He uses that to bring us to himself because he knows he is what we need the most. It's not the stuff of this life. It's not always the circumstances to be eased up for us. We need him the most. And one of the things I love about God is that he walks with us through the fire, through the valley of the shadow of death. He's with us and he comforts us with his presence. And he is enough no matter what we're going through in life. So if you're suffering, pray. If you're happy, pray. Sing praises to God. Just let it loose. And you know, the book of Psalms give us some words to articulate our praise and our prayers of lament and struggle to God. The book of Psalms is great if you need help in praying biblical prayers camp out in the book of psalms there's there there are psalms that talk about uh pouring out the heart to god pouring out complaints to god and and bringing burdens to god in prayer and then like in the middle of many of the psalms there's this shift like there's a focus on the circumstance and a grieving and an un- and a unloading of the burden and then there's this reminder god you're good god you're holy god you're faithful god you're loving you god will answer you will intervene and God does that. He does that when we pray. Amen. So this is real simple. We just got to apply it to our lives. We need to just actually do it. James is all about like walking out your faith. Just obey. Just do what you know you're supposed to do. It's not the things in the scripture that we struggle to understand the most that we have the hardest time with. It's those things that are very clear to us that we have the hardest time with walking out and obeying. Things like praying, just simply praying, talking to God, or, or like loving your neighbor, that's really simple, very basic, okay. But Christianity involves doing that, walking that out. James 4, five fourteen it says, if anyone is sick among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. This is powerful. This is a prescription for Christians. And there's no indicator here that this, this doesn't apply to us today. There are theological camps who would say, uh, you know, God doesn't heal today or healing is not for today. But God is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he still heals And there's nothing in this that indicates that he he has stopped doing this. This is prescriptive for us today. If you're sick, and you're at home, and you can't even make it to church, then call the elders of the church to come pray over you. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We'll do that. We'll do that. We now have elders here here at City Church, and we are committed to praying for you. And if you're sick... We will come and we will do this very thing, very simple, and pray a simple prayer in faith, believing that God will heal you. Okay? just This is prescriptive. We will do this. Okay? And I encourage you to do this. If you're sick, if you're in a place where you, you've just been fighting sickness and you just can't seem to shake it and you just need God to heal you, then ask for prayer from the leaders of the church. Ask for prayer from other Christians as well. As As we'll see in verse 16. So I don't think there's anything like magical in the anointing oil. So it's not the oil (laughs) that does the trick. It it says to pray in the name of the Lord that there should be anointing and prayer over the sick person in the name of the Lord. And it says that the prayer faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. It's the Lord who will bring about the healing through a prayer offered in faith. And this is really, again, this is very simple, very basic. Prayer must be offered up in faith. There's nothing super deep or too profound for us to grasp here. Uh, James says that, that when, in James 1, when you ask God, you should ask him not doubting. It says, but let him ask in faith without doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. And so we're told to approach God in faith. That uh, if somebody's sick, that they should call upon the elders of the church. And they should pray in faith, believing God for healing. And I've seen this work. Many times this has worked. Saints have done this. They've, They've asked for prayer. They were sick. And God healed them. And you know what? I've also seen people not get healed. Right. And I don't understand why sometimes God heals people when, when they do this, and then sometimes He doesn't. It's, it's probably a very complex issue. And you know what? It's not our responsibility to do any healing. Right. It's God who heals. It's our responsibility to pray and believe God to do what we can't do, to heal, to set free, to deliver. And so we pray. J- Jesus said it in, in uh, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Um, I share this verse at risk of sounding like a, like a uh, name it, claim it um, TV kind of preacher. But you know what? Even though some of these verses have been misused by, by individuals, I'm not ashamed to declare what Jesus has said said in his word and i'm going to take god at his word i'm going to apply it to my life and and i'm going to (coughs) encourage us as a church to simply believe the word of god like children just in faith believing that what god said is true and he will do it and we're going to pray like god still heals people today and don't you want if if you're in a, a place where you're struggling with sickness if you are diagnosed with cancer and you're fighting for your life don't you want Other brothers and sisters who will stand with you in prayer, believing God to do what he said he would do. Don't you want to be a a part of a church like that? By the way, this is one benefit of being committed and connected to a local church, having leadership and having folks who will pray for you, for your good and for God's goodwill to be done in your life. And so prayer must be offered up in faith. Uh, Very simple. Uh, Also, James says in James 5, 16, he says, Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Again, this is another benefit of being connected to a local church and a community group specifically, where you have these relationships, these closer, deeper relationships within the body of Christ People of grace that you can trust to share your dirty laundry with. And you can share your struggles with and you can open up and be vulnerable and be weak and acknowledge that you have sinned because we all have sinned. And by the way, confession of our sins is an important part of prayer. Jesus, when he taught on prayer, it was one of the elements, the important elements that he taught. Father, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned and wronged us, right? And so confession of our sins should be a regular part of prayer, unless you're just a super saint and you don't sin very much. Huh? And so could it be that some of our prayers aren't as effective because we're we're not taking time to deal with the sin in our life through confessing and acknowledging sin that God wants to cleanse us of and, and lift the burden. This appears to be one of the reasons why some people don't get healed is because of sin. And it appears to be one of the reasons why some people are sick. First Corinthians 11.30 mentions that of, of, of Christians who are sick and weak because of sin. This is, this is important to note there that the healing may come through confession and prayer by other believers within the body of Christ. We, last week we talked about intercession, praying for one another. This is a call here for us to be a people who pray for one another, who confess our sins to one another and pray for one another. By the way, when you confess your sins to other brothers and sisters, it helps them have more of a burden to pray for you. Because you think, man, that brother needs some prayer. (laughs) That sister needs some prayer. I thought she was all good, right? But it's not until we unleash and unload the burden of our hearts with others that that others can begin to feel the weight of what's going on in our lives and really where we need prayer the most. You see, confessing our sins to one another is, is an expression of humility. It's an act of humbling ourselves, not only before God, but before people. And let me make it very clear that we don't confess our sins to one another like we, like the Catholics do to a priest in order to obtain forgiveness. Right. We can go straight to God in prayer and confess our sins to have forgiveness of our sins. We don't have to go to a pastor or a priest or even the one another to get forgiveness of our sins. We have direct access to Almighty God. Isn't that awesome about Christianity? Yeah. That you and I can go straight to God and we don't have to wait on a priest until they're ready to listen to us and unload the stuff of our lives. Yet the Bible calls us to confess our sins to one another so that and pray for one another so that you might be healed, so that you might be delivered, so that you might experience the weight of the effects of sin. Lifted. Now let me also be very clear that it's not always somebody's personal sin that causes them to be sick okay i think this is very important the the next verse uh, verse 15 says that if he has committed sins he will be forgiven this is important in verse 15 yeah the prayer of faith will save the sick and the lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins he will be forgiven this is important because this implies that it's not always the case that somebody has sinned Therefore, they're sick, right? So we have examples in the Bible of, say, like Job, for an example. Job went through sickness, suffering, had some terrible things happen to his life. But the Bible is very clear that it wasn't due to his sin that caused all that. Uh, in John chapter 9, the disciples were asking Jesus, hey, who sinned? This, this, this blind guy is blind. Who sinned? Was it him Or was it his parents that that he should be blind, right? And Jesus says it's neither. And so it's important to note that it's not always the case. We don't want to fall into the error that some people fall into like the disciples did, that it's always somebody's sin that has caused their sickness. Yet we don't want to also dismiss all sickness never being the result of somebody's personal sin, because sometimes that is the case and God is disciplining somebody or they have brought the the sickness on themselves through their sin. That's why it's important to confess the sin, to acknowledge it, because it may be that the the stress and the the negative effects of that sin has caused sickness to somebody's body. Sin not only damages us spiritually and relationally and emotionally, but sin damages us physically as well. It, It affects us and it affects those around us. And so we shouldn't rule that out. It's, and it's legitimate. So if, if Pastor Mike and I ever come pray for you and you're, you've been sick and we ask you, is there anything you need to confess? Know that we're not accusing you of being in sin and that's why you're sick. But we, we believe that the Bible and believe that that's a possibility. That could be a problem. And so we want to create some space and grace for you to say, yeah. Yeah, I've been very angry and bitter. I've been, there's somebody I need to forgive or whatever, whatever the sin is. We want to provide a place of grace for you to acknowledge your sins to God and and confess to one another. You can do it with any other brother or sister and have any other brother and sister pray for you. Again, I think this is a benefit of being a part of a community group. Uh, It might be a little intimidating in this setting to confess your sins to one another. Uh, You can do it. Uh you can you can do it on the phone. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> we're gonna open the mic up. <laughs> Actually, instead of testimonies on on Sunday morning before the sermon, we're gonna have confessions if you'll everybody come up and confess all your Actually I and by the way, I I think it's important too, when you do that to be discreet, right. I mean not everybody needs to you don't need to air out your dirty laundry in front of everybody, right? So be discreet, you know, and 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 do this with somebody that is trustworthy, somebody that you trust, and, and somebody that will pray for you. And notice verse the, the last part of verse sixteen. It says that the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. There is power in prayer offered up in faith that comes from a righteous person. And so it begs the question I ask you this morning. Are you a righteous person? Are you a righteous person? Do you have confidence that you can pray and your prayers are being answered because you're in right relationship with God? If, if you say, if your answer is, yes, I'm a righteous person, I would ask, why? What makes you righteous? That's that's a good answer right there. Our faith in Jesus is what makes us righteous. Therefore, you and I have access to God Almighty to be heard by him because of Jesus, not because of a righteousness of our own, because we've been so good. All right. Amber alert. Let's pray for it. Okay. Okay. Father, we pray for this um, situation right now and we pray that you would intervene and that you would protect any children that may be involved. And we ask for your mercy. We ask that you would give wisdom and guidance to uh, police officers and authorities and help them to stop any evil from happening here. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, when you get stuff like that and you see stuff in the news... I want to encourage you to pray. Don't worry and fret. Be anxious about nothing. Uh, on the way to church this morning, there was uh, police choppers flying around, and uh, there apparently there was a, um, a shooting not far from our home uh, last night. And our power was out this morning. And so, you know, so when you see stuff like that, pray. Don't don't be fearful and fret and be anxious, uh, but be people of prayer amen because the prayer of a righteous person has great power god hears your prayers if you're a christian and you know jesus you put your faith in jesus god has declared you to be righteous and god's ear is towards you in prayer when you pray god hears you you have the ear of heaven saints You have the righteousness of Christ and you have access and your prayers are heard and your prayers will be answered because of Jesus in the name of Jesus, because of his merit, because of what he has done for you and I. So it's important to, to note in prayer that the, it's the prayer of the righteous person that has great power and is effective. And, and again, it's important to note that we're not righteous because of a righteousness of our own that we've heaped up. It's because of Jesus. He is our source of righteousness and therefore he is the one that makes our prayers effective. And when, we're, when we fail to pray as we should, know that he is praying for you and I. Know that he is interceding for us, that the Holy Spirit is interceding for us, that we are being prayed for when we're weak and we don't have the words to pray and we don't have the strength to pray. We're being prayed for by Jesus. Verse 17 should be an encouragement to all of us, for those of us who feel weak. The example that that, uh, James gives is Elijah. And he says, Elijah was a prophet. No, he didn't say that, even though he was. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruits. I think this is amazing that God would heed a man's prayer and not let it rain for three years and six months because of the prayer. I think it's amazing that God would accomplish his will in changing things for good and saving people through your prayers and my prayers. That the sovereign God of the universe who rules and reigns over everything has given you and I the privilege and the responsibility to changing things for the better through our prayers. To bringing blessing and good to this world through our prayers. Again, he's the one who initiates this. And he points out that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Elijah saw God do some great things through through prayer. But also, Elijah got really discouraged so much that he wanted to die. He was depressed. He saw some great victories, but then he had some really deep, dark valleys that he walked through. And this should encourage you and I. Because he was a man with a nature like ours. He had weaknesses and he had struggles. And yet he prayed and God heard him and responded to him. And we have weaknesses and we have struggles. And you know what? We can struggle through those, those things in prayer. And God wants us to. And as we do, we're being shaped into the image of Jesus. We're being made more like Jesus. So here's some application here. Pray with confidence. Not because you're awesome. Pray with confidence because Jesus is awesome. Uh, Hebrews 4, 4, 14 through 16 says, Since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is glorious. This encouraged my heart this morning. Because, you know, this morning I've come to church this morning feeling weak, feeling inadequate. And I know that in and of myself I don't have what it takes to be the leader that God's called me to be. And that I need his grace and i need the power of his spirit and you know what he's given you and i access to come confidently before his throne of grace if we think we can do what god's called us to do in our own strength leaning on our own understanding with our own resources god will let us fall flat on our face to see how much we need him Amen, we are frail and weak, and He knows that God knows that we're not made to live independently apart from God, apart from being connected to Him, through relationship, through prayer, through abiding in His word. And so because of Jesus, because Jesus has torn the veil, he's died for our sins, he's forgiven our sins, the the hindrances that keep us from for our prayers from being effective are removed. You and I can come to God with confidence. We can come, and I love what the throne is called here. It's called a throne of grace. We can we can draw near to the throne of grace, and we can find the mercy we need for our failures. Where we've blown it. Our attitudes, our words, our actions. We have failed and we need god's mercy and we need to confess our sins and say lord have mercy on me a sinner and then we can find grace to help us in our need to be who god has called us to be and to do what he's called us to do by coming before that throne of grace and saying god i need you and we can do this with confidence and know that god doesn't just tolerate you in his presence he wants you in his presence he invites you and you know what he delights in you when you come to him like a father or a mother delights in their children coming to them with their struggles with their needs god delights in you see we got to come to god in faith hebrews eleven six 6 says Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. We've got to come in confidence and we've got to come in faith, believing that God is who he says he is and that God will do what he says he will do. Amen? Amen? Another point of application is to meditate on these promises. Meditate on the promises of God. To strengthen your faith. Romans uh, 10.17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Take the promises of God. Take the word of God and what God says he will do. Take it to him in prayer. Remind him and say, God, you said this and I am believing this. I'm standing on this in prayer. I'm asking because you say this is true. And then pray pray with each other and for one another. Pray for one another. Let's be a people of prayer who are committed to praying for one another daily. Praying for and with one another. And then let the temptation to complain in difficult times be a trigger to pray. As the, the, the heat of trial gets turned up in your life and you're Your default mode is to complain or to cuss or to argue or to justify or whatever. Whatever that default mode is for you. Let that temptation to do whatever that is other than praying. Let it be a trigger for you to pray when 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 the struggle gets turned up in your life. Pray. Let's pray. Father. In heaven. Your name holy and we pray that your name would be honored in our lives and among us those of us who bear the name christian those of us who have trusted jesus and believe you and know you god for the glory of your name would you make us a people who are full of praise who are prayerful and see you do great things through our prayers would you bring your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven would you bring your will into our lives let it be done let it be accomplished would you bring your kingdom into this community around us in the cities Around us in Garland and Dallas and Mesquite and Richardson, God, would you bring your kingdom here? Would you bring justice and righteousness and peace and joy and the well being of of people here as it is in heaven? Would you bring healing, restoration? Would you bring freedom to captives? Would you let love abound? God, we live in a world where there's so much strife, and hate, and rage, and greed, and sickness, and sin. And Lord, we pray that you would change that. And may we be faithful to pray, God, forgive us for failing to pray. Forgive us, God, for for, for carrying the burdens and the the cares, the the anxieties, and and, and the the broken things, the concern for broken things and people around us, for, for carrying that on ourselves and not rolling it to you in prayer. May we trust you, casting our cares on you, because you care for us.